listening to I'm Telling You. You're listening to You're listening to I'm Telling You. Hey fam, welcome back to another episode of I'm Telling You. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, that was pretty good. I like that one. That's pretty that's pretty dope. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is, I'm telling you, uh, Philly D. Mr. Gemini. Cookie Quack, a fact check of the city. Yeah, and if, uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can, uh, you can hit us up at, uh, ITY at directionsinmusic.org or separately at G-E-M-I-N-I at directionsinmusic.org or Philly D, P-H-I-L-L-Y-D. I like how you spelled yours out, but didn't say it. It was like G-E-M-I-N-I, at directionsinmusic.org. Yeah, you can hit us up separately or together. Um, but yeah, if, uh, if you're a uh, first-time listener, this is a 30-year friendship of you and I trying to not suck at stuff and be good, I don't know, and have conversations just, while doing just it. Just talking, man, just communicating, because this is how we work things out. This is like, you know, friends get together. This is what you do. Like, I mean, and sometimes it never goes anywhere. Like, I mean, as far as it goes places, but like nobody else gets to hear usually. Uh, it's like these trust. types of conversations yeah, that safe, safe circle, we are inviting safe you place. into. And thank you so much for listening. But this is this is something I, I like to joke uh, around. Uh, this this is something that was happening anyway. Yeah, we, we I think the thing we always say is whether the mics were on or not, we're going to have this conversation, kind of a thing. That's what I like to say. Like the uh, what I try to get to keep it original is is that that feeling of like fly on the wall, like. You know, you're privy to a conversation that not that it's like super hush hush or secret or anything. It's just and you're not being all like pervy about it and stalking or something. No, and there's no, there's no creepy angle. But I'm just saying that it's it's just two old friends are just like kind of like you say chopping it up. I don't know how else to put it, but well, see, I like I like the compliment that we get a lot because right, we get we get deep, but we we have to we try to keep it silly and light at the same time. It's it's a really weird, you know. Yeah, I, I like the compliment where a lot of people say as they're listening to us, they're like, I feel like I'm in that conversation. And, and that's what I want. They, they yeah. almost answer us, even though it's like, they're like, oh, they can't hear us. Yeah, I, I definitely. Oh, you know, I love that. Yeah, about what. Um, yeah, our one dude Vic said that. Yeah, what Vic was saying that. that yeah, but see, that's the thing is we've always said that we feel as though. He that found would himself be, uh, like actually audibly correcting us. And then he realized yeah. like, wait a minute. And yeah, I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> not the got only me. one. Yeah, like that's, and that's why like the whole fly on the wall thing, you, as you said, is very much. Yeah, you, you got me. Yeah, not in a pervy way. You're just, you know, you're a part of that conversation. No, but I would, I would it's love like almost that. eavesdropping without really like. And I'm not even joking around when I say like, I would love for people to like call us up and correct us in the angry manner. Because it's like, well, I mean, it's obvious that you're paying attention and you're a part of the conversation. And I I love that because we, we never, (laughs) I never profess to be right a hundred percent of the time. I don't think anybody can. I mean, (laughs) but we're just, we're kind of, we're just talking from the heart, man. We're just, you know, and whatever it is. Plus having the fact checker over here, it's kind of hard to, you know. And I don't know. I mean, if I was to break it down like me personally like i i tend to be more on the eclectic more on the gnostic more you know i'm I'm curious about the hidden things about the ancient technologies about the like that just kind of s- seems to be my forte so and you guys have been sending a lot of stuff back and forth this week that i've been like going down rabbit holes with and it's so much fun oh you, you mean jd and i yeah, yeah yeah we um so we stay on a chat all the time and and you guys were sending um 
you send some stuff that, that I mean, I've heard some of it before, but the nice thing is anytime you hear like, so we're just speaking specifically of Tesla. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I remember this, what I sent. And, um, some of the rabbit holes that takes you down and like, like JD was saying that, that, you know, I end up watching videos just because they're related to the fact that I was playing that and I just let it go and it, you know, pulled up another, and that's the, the crazy thing about YouTube is that you, know, you can easily go down a hole. Um, but I see, I think, I think that says something about us as well, because we kind of do that information wise where, where we are conversationally, we do that. Yeah. Well, cause we're aware that each thing isn't a thing by itself. There's other stuff that coincides with it and whether it goes this way, that, you know, up, down, left, right, east, what, like it doesn't matter. If only I could get better explaining how I get from A to Z. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I think that's the thing is us just being a part of that kind of a conversation. It really does. It, it, it almost really puts us into that rabbit hole and, and not in a bad way where all of a sudden we're coming out with like tinfoil hats and like conspiracy theories but really more of like attempting to have that. Not to deeper. say one or both of those won't happen. Well, it's still early. It's still early. But yeah, no, it, we, we come out with it trying to have a deeper understanding. Because like you said, it's it's not that, you know, we're we're trying to do it. It's just, I just, I want to know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't have to build these things or, you know, I just, I want some extra knowledge on this. Well, I mean, and a lot of this stuff lately, like that we've been delving into as far as like, I mean, a lot of it, uh, centralized around ancient technology and at the one of the one of my big takeaways from from well, one I, th of the, I think one, one of, of our videos, biggest like ongoing conversations have been that kind of stuff yeah yeah well one of my big takeaways from one of the videos that that was sent back and forth this time was oh, the, what the what, recent ones or right was okay. it was in was in relation to specifically to the pyramids being a a energy producer of some sort like uh and if you remember when i sent it in there i was like yo bro i was like you want this is i think something you're gonna love because yeah it wasn't even just a power generator and it was and it was i believe it was nikola tesla who was quoted saying that he was convinced that that's exactly what the pyramids were were, were a giant generator and that this this farce that we've been handed for so many years that that this was yeah, a, the reverse a, of what we thought that it was a burial tomb and like that's that's where the one guy was quoted in this in this video saying, or was it a guy or a girl? No, the lady was the quoted lady. as we never found a single. We've never tomb. found a single tomb. We've never found a single body buried within yeah, yeah. pyramids. Well, see any the, one of them. The bigger thing that I thought of, because not even <clears> just like the conversation that we've been having about that, like resonant energy, you know, being able to harvest things, especially with the idea that there's a couple of different ports on the pyramids that align with the different solstices. Well, they and were saying, yeah, hydroelectric, but it involved a whole bunch of other stuff yeah, too. The yeah. thing that I really enjoyed beyond the idea of energy production was there was an engineer that straight went at it was just like, yeah, no, these, these channels with these supposed blocks that seem to be literal blockages like they they put a door in they're just like nope you can't go down this tunnel well he was saying something it's, about it's a block that looks like it would with the pressure of the water well, build correct. up would actually slide up and down this channel well that's what he was saying is and this, there was harmonic resonance yeah, and there was all kinds of other things it wasn't just one thing yeah well that was the thing is it wasn't a blockage it was a mechanical component and you know mind right. you made of you know stone but yeah it was it was a mechanical component that basically made a self 
running bilge pump, like an like a, you know a small. Well, but this thing, like you said, this giant stone that was in place that looked like it was blocking. It, it wasn't. It was a float. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, it, it was designed to float, move up and down, like I almost would, like. A, I wouldn't say a float. I would say it was more of a diaphragm. So it allowed yeah, for, well, yeah, expansion, compression, you know, vacuum sense so that you could move. And it was a self-functioning. Like it used its own static pressure that it would well, build and that wasn't to keep that, it functioning. What I was saying about that that area used to be flooded with water on a fairly regular well, so like that was another basis. thing. Yeah, and that was another thing. The water would push it its on. way up into these different channels and could actually. Well, it wasn't it, even that it could. The suggestion was made that the, I think if they were designed to do that it. something happened though that there was maybe a short circuit or something happened that there was an explosion, and the the one guy was yeah, saying, the guy, yeah, correct, yeah, that yeah. It, it from all appearances, scientifically, when you look at this stuff, yeah, like every one of these sites. Charger. Every one of these sites had some point, some sort of ground zero that we can mark based on the, the striation on the on the, the rock formations, not formations, but the um you the know, structures. The, the structure, the statues, the columns and stuff right, right. that were actually melted rock. Yeah. And it got so hot that it actually melted the rock. And the, at one point there was a conversation about the king's chamber within the the primary yeah, it had, like a, it had like a burn mark, like an electrical burn mark. Well, that it actually, it. it actually blew out the one side of the sarcophagus, oh, right. as yeah. they call it. I'm doing air quotes because it's not really a sarcophagus. And we were talking about this before, that it that quite literally it could have been the, the point of exchange for a, a giant battery of right. sorts or um, an yeah, energy like, cell. Well, it's just a chamber of storage of some sort, <clears throat> you know, whether it's, you know, for insulation or storage or, you know. Well, but there just, were, there were, there were diodes well, actually in the other end that, of that. That diode. could have, could have been, you know, in a sense, almost a stone based structure. So this so. is yet again, this is a continuation of the same conversation because we've been here before, well, but, but all these things came rushing back when I was watching that video. So and, that's, I don't know. and that's why I was like, yo, I think you're really going to enjoy this because yeah. it kind of tied in a lot of those things. And, and the bigger one was, I remember JD, she was looking up stuff for us on it, was finding that that parallel line, that kind of, you know, uh, was the pyramids and Tesla's tower. The ley line. Well, I don't think it was a ley. Well, they were both on aquifers and yet what, not, it's not the, they, they used another name in the, the video, not ley line, because um, they were both under aquifers. Well, there was, there was. I thought it was a magnetic resonance of some sort. It was yeah, an energy. Yeah, he used the word energy a lot to describe yeah, what he was talking say, about. But we, we would call of, it a ley line, but they, they were using an alternate term in, in that clip specifically. But There's a video feed for a second. Uh, I mean, she's probably looking yeah. stuff up. That's what um, she does. Yeah. That was the, uh, and that was that thing is, yeah, I think, you know, they showed many, there was a lot of congruencies between Tesla and the pyramid as far as like his tower in Colorado and whatnot. But there was also definitely discerning oh, components. Yeah, and that was the thing that, that really kind of, that was the one thing I didn't, that was my big takeaway that, that I never heard because, you know, we've talked about this before. Like, I've studied a lot of the stuff about Tesla. I've looked into some of this stuff. And yeah, 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 yeah. I want to start reading more about it because it's just fascinating. Well, I mean, you were the one that got me kind of turned up on and it. I heard and I that, started bringing shit to you. I was like, dude, did you hear me? You're like, I haven't gotten I heard that, that before because they were talking about the the supposed they have a stash of documents somewhere and whether or not it's, it's questionable whether or not it's actually been destroyed by the U S government and all this other stuff. But 
like well, his, he obtained or everything or was confiscated from from his, his hotel in New York when his, he died. Well, no, but they weren't saying that. They were saying from his estate. No, no. The, yeah, the, they said the FBI so held on or they held on to it. And yeah. that's the one thing I was surprised that they didn't mention because what I had heard was everything that was confiscated from the hotel was destroyed. Like well, gone, yeah. destroyed. This is where you get into like conspiracy theories with like because, disinformation. Well, and I mean, if you think about it, he <laughs> was he was now nose to nose with one of the biggest um names as far as like these robber barons that came up right around that the time well not robber but like you know what i'm saying like the like the, you had the big coal big JP, steel yeah, well jp morgan was one of them yeah i think rockefeller <clears throat> were coming in like all that kind of and that's stuff where yeah, carnegie i mean all of them this particular story focused on the fact that his holdings were all tied up in um copper and rubber uh, J.P. Morgan. So the idea, J.P. Morgan, and the so the idea of having um, Wait, so the wireless back, electricity. Well, the backstory before that, J.P. Morgan was the only one that actually funded him. So, he did fund him. So yeah. he was doing he was doing the stuff where and it was he, supposed to be a ninety foot tower. Then all of a sudden he was just like, screw this. Tesla was like, screw this crap. Made it into a hundred and eighty foot tower. Doubled it. Yeah. yeah. J.P. Morgan then saw it as like, oh crap. He's not just trying to like test it. He's actually trying to like power the entire world with this, you know, free floating electricity, this wireless electricity. And if he didn't think it could happen, he wouldn't have tried so hard to shut it down. Well, so because that was the thing is so JP Morgan having the rubber tree plants as well as like the copper mines and all that stuff. So basically the infrastructure that would be utilized to transfer this the typical power that we're used to today. Yeah, he shut down that program because it's like, all right, cool. The, the one guy, he's like, I don't know, but it seems too obvious to me. And yeah, it wasn't even that he rep like pulled back on his funding. He also like blacklisted him. He made it so that nobody wanted to to deal with him. So the the theory I was kind of throwing your way too when I responded, and I, you re you remember my response because you were pretty mm -hmm. intimate when you responded back to me, but. I started, I, I started I was thinking about advocate because yeah. it's like, hey, we well, got to think in today's construct, you know. Yeah. But I started thinking about that, and I'm like, I'm like, wow. So Elon Musk has now named this big company Tesla, right? So I mean, the assumption can easily be made that you know Tesla may be a, you know, he's a big fan of this guy, and that that he's probably studied everything about him, and that. Yeah, I feel that like his, Elon's his, the type that he's he's eccentric enough that he's definitely done some research into. So him. my question was. Do you think it would be completely out of the question? It doesn't. It doesn't seem like he's power hungry. When I've heard him in, in interviews and stuff, that's well, that's one Elon, thing that I really yeah, like right, about right. Elon is that as crazy as you think he might be, he's getting stuff done. Yeah, he's doing it a lot cheaper than the U.S. government does. Yeah, um, and you don't well, not even every, use, like, every, but government. every but that's the thing. Like every launch is not a success. We know this. Like it takes you, you have to crack have, some eggs to make an omelet, right? You have to you you have to have trial runs and stuff. But my my suggestion to you was, is it possible that that all this was a front in order to try and you know? And then I'm I'm thinking about it even more so now that I'm talking to you about it is, See, is it is it possible we could almost view Elon Musk as being a reincarnation of Nikola Tesla? That now he wants to come back and do it right, but he's going to keep it secretive. And he's going to find a way to build one of these towers to create the energy, to create the infrastructure before anybody even knows about it and actually start testing it because people don't have energy collectors. They don't, maybe they don't know how to harness the energy that is out there 
that he plans to transmit. Maybe there's a special receiver that like, I don't know all this technology because all this was supposedly burned, but it makes me wonder. You're talking about a guy who he's not the smartest guy in the world, but he's one that's willing to do the work. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's super, super smart. I'm not saying he isn't, but I'm just saying yeah. like, it's, it's his ability to, to, to operate this, this um, enormous machine of people and infrastructure and, you know, um, ingenuity. And like, he's, he's at the bleeding edge of what's going on right now. And it would, would it be totally out of the question? You're talking about a guy who's, who's basically trying to re re-engineer the V2 rocket. I mean, so the guys know dummy. Well, this he, is, this is not the this one that's like, doing it. He's like our friend said. It. This is this is what's considered to be lost technology these days. Yeah, but he's and not. It's only he's like, not doing it. He's paying people to do it. He's paying people to do it. Yeah, but he's I mean, not the one that's sitting down mm, like drawing on the. Freaking- I mean, Thomas Edison was the same way. He didn't. He well, didn't right. do everything. He correct. He had a group of scientists working under yeah, him. No, he just kind of came in and cleaned stuff up and he was or kept he was, it organized and yeah yeah. yeah. Well, so and this is so. So um, but you, you never truly expressed it to me as the idea of like, was this a false front on his part in order to do it? Well, I was saying to secretly, yeah, the way you try to fund it himself. Yeah. The way it came across to me was just like, Hey, is he, is he possibly going to do this? And I was like, well, it doesn't make any sense because it doesn't have, it doesn't have a sustaining financial model for him as his company. No, which, but that's the whole point. Well, so yeah. him, but so him in, so you, without expressing it as the front, He's always made very intelligent. The cars could just be a way for him to make money to keep this going. Yeah, I get that. So yeah. he's he's always he's always made very intelligent, albeit sometimes risky financial choices, which is why he's gotten to the place that he is with all of his companies. Like, dude, I mean, I've sat down and like seen how he was folding the money as far as like like leveraging and hedging and just, I mean, betting against it with and I mean. It, he had, he's always definitely been very intelligent and in understanding that there has to be a construct or flow of money so that the system works, almost like a large pyramid scheme in a sense. So I don't see him not doing something without revenue, not so much income. Like not, he's not trying to make profit, but he there there has to be some sort of there's a financial component. To there's it. something deeper to his plan than profit. That much is apparent to me. I'm not sure exactly where he's going, but like somebody who's basically willing to take a dive uh, to the tune of close to $10,000 on every car. And I I know that's not the situation now, but for the first couple of years that that Tesla was in production, it was actually losing money on every car that he sold. But that wasn't the point. Well, in a sense, correct. Because he wanted to get a foothold, and that's what he's really trying to do. He's trying to get a foothold, and I well, think. But a lot of car companies did that. So my my that suggestion to you is: would it would it be crazy? And let's just let's just imagine this for a moment. Let's just imagine that that Elon Musk is the reincarnation because he is a little weird. He's a little out there, and I think I think Nikola Tesla could probably Fact very much. When when did Tesla die, and when was Elon Musk born? No, uh, well, I'm just saying because yeah, you mean, never just know. Make sure there's no overlap, I guess. Yeah, right. But, but still, go ahead. But um, the idea that the the spirit behind uh, yeah, Nikola, like, yeah, Nikola Tesla may now be living on within Elon Musk, and is it is it that ridiculous a scenario to imagine that he'd be willing to take to take a loss on any money that could be gained for the idea of releasing free energy to the world? Because once once we know it exists. And we've seen it in action. There'll be no denying it. 
So all the people in power that want to continue making money, you know what I'm saying? All the, all the rich moguls out there that want to continue making money off of us. So I'll tell you what, to create energy. So here's one of my big issues with, and I've, I've been saying this for a long time is one of my issues with the whole idea of an electric car is in order to produce the electricity to run that automobile, you're still burning coal. You're still burning oil. You're st- for the most part. I mean, everybody is not using the power of the sun to charge their car every day or the power of wind or the power of waves. And I get all that. right. So yeah, if right. it was possible, do so you think he would be willing to, here's, to take a loss on all that just to create, here's what I'm thinking of this. within this mindset that you're expressing. Now. Ah, so there's a possibility of it. What's this? I mean, I'm sorry. 1943 yeah. is when Tesla, Tesla. passed. Yep. And then um, 1971 is when um, Elon was born. There you go. So there's there's potential for this reincarnation. He's, you're not, correct. That much, he's not that much older than me. Okay. So here here's my thought on all that as you're expressing this. So like in the moment, I'm thinking with... With Elon, it seems he's very much driven to the idea of getting off Earth, and not so much in his in his time to make it a hundred percent viable, but at least to get it so well started that maybe in his time it will get started, and so we we could start to actually offload, like colonize, all that kind of stuff. So, in the sense of if he could generate, because he knows at least what we've come to find through what he's talking about the amount of energy needed in order to have these reusable you know spaceships rockets whatever you want to call it to go back and forth leave earth with these massive payloads the energy source or the ability to create this thrust is like the most you know I th- outrageous I, components. I like would have to assume that Elon realizes that well, so, rocket technology is so. So here's my thing. My thought then is with all of that is okay, cool. So if he's making this free energy, then I would assume that it's because he's attempting to utilize that. So that would be like, all right, cool. So maybe that's his real target projection for say like 2050 or some shit is like now all of a sudden, instead of using these thrust rockets is to utilize this free energy that we can literally just pull out of the air wireless wise. I think, I think I heard the suggestion made before too, that, that when you're tapping into, I don't know if it's energy from dark matter or what, I mean, if you really get into the nitty gritty of it, but the suggestion was made that, that the amount of energy you could pull out of a section of, of, of negative space equaling one square foot would power like, you know, the entire East coast of the United States for an entire month or something ridiculous like that. Well, yeah, but that's on paper. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, the suggestion that, that yeah, even, no, even a small, a very, actually, I think it was even small. I have to look that up now. I, it may even be a smaller space than that. And but it was it was a ridiculous amount of energy that you could pull from this this just nothing, basically. I mean, from our concept of what energy really is, right? You know, maybe you know maybe this planet is just rife with it, and we're sitting right on top of it. And we have no idea. I mean, it's you that whole what? concept of being two dimensional and not realizing what's in that. So if you think third about and this, fourth and whatever 
dimension but beyond you having all of these stories of our you know earth's past where we've had so many different visitors and they're always doing the same thing where we were basically this enslaved race that they either created found whatever not enslaved to, but yeah i mean yeah pretty much but to get us to bring forth those different energy components so whether it was like gold or carbon or you know what i mean like whatever the precious metals are. So here we are. Like, well, I mean, I guess the, some of the same people that, that believe that we were enslaved by an ancient super intelligent race. Yeah, with the Anunnaki or whatever. terrestrial race. Well, they, 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 well, it was stated that they made us to turn us into a usable free workforce, I which is enslaving. But. I feel like that those are the same people that also believe that all the people in political power are, are in some way like lizard people or it's like, it's like V- from back in the day. Like, oh, but so that's the thing. Like, all right, so the more and more right. I've been doing this whole- I mean, I'm not going to say it's not possible, but I'm just- lying, but <laughs> the more and more I've been doing this, you know, research or looking into or whatever you want to call it, there there seems to be a definite classification of different aliens that we already are in contact with. And yeah, some of them are like the power hungry. Some of them are very much here to like help. Some of them were like our original ancestors in a sense. So it's like- there's a lot of stories out there, man. Some of them make sense. Some of them do not. But, you know, yeah, it's, um, I, I, I want to say this. Big goes, heads and big eyes apparently is good though. Those guys are good. Well, I want to say going back to our, <laughs> going back to our warm up conversation in the green room was, I think my biggest thing about all of this kind of stuff is just the, the literal fact that I'm trying to be open to it all. So I'm willing to accept it, ingest it, and then think about it. But, no, were you saying you had some kind of experiential something where you you've met? I was talking other about, dimensional beings. Well, I was or? talking about my one Reiki healing session. Yeah, because uh, JD had brought up her um, her hypnotherapy stuff and whatever else, and her experiences very much were in line with you know what mine seemed to have been. So we were talking about being conscious, even though you're technically not fully conscious so it's like that that lucid dreaming in between kind of a state well it's like could you imagine being conscious without being philly d oh very much because you know i mean it, just, it was, just it was, being consciousness not being a person not being a so it was very much a third person perspective where i was outside of all things including myself as well as being able to like a non-judgmental observer just seeing things as they were. Yeah. So so not good, bad, up, down, left, right, but just, you know, what uh, I don't want to put it. Think things like were factual. Not not even factual. Literal. And then I realized that my left leg was entirely severed. Well, but I want to say I'm <laughs> like no emotion. You know, yeah, like I want to say like well, a full no. realization, but no, no, no. no. There was I, emotion. There was definitely and it was Oh hi. The the I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even say emotion. I would say energy, which could be perceived as emotion, which was very much calm, collected, united. Because it wasn't just me. There was a multitude, and we all felt together, and not even just in purpose, but also in creation, in a sense. Like we literally we all are a part of the same thing like almost as if each of us are an individual atom and we're all a part of a larger molecule that's just another living being you were you were at the, like osmosis jones kind of shit well you are at the plane of 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 understanding of unity but still being able to enjoy 
individuality. Yeah, because again, it Whereas, was like it was, you go further than that, then you just are. Well, because it was you know? it was very much like a third person perspective, even though it was from my perception. So there was times where I was outside of it all, but on a geographical, and then outside of it all from a spiritual, emotional. So I mean, but it was you know it was different parts of it. But yeah, that was um that was interesting to say the like least. You could be right. Almost viewing just like you're in your body, but still be distant. Or you could be the other way around, where you could actually be viewing yourself, but still have the emotional attachment to things that are yeah, going on. So there was moments where I was literally back beyond all of it, so that I could see it from an outside, almost like um, almost like a creator position. You know what I mean? Like if you were playing like um, like uh, The Sims or something, and you're just like watching yourself do all these things. So very much like out of body of experience, but able to embrace the entire thing that I was already a part of as an individual and witnessing, even though still feeling completely a part of a collective. See, I was saying more like a being John Malkovich. Okay, like you're still experiencing it, right. but there's a there's a disconnection. Like you realize it's not you. Right, right. It's not it's not the energy that is the spirit of me. Right, it's right. just me. This incarnation in this body, which is yeah, like a spirit in a vessel. You know, Mister Gemini is just the the vessel this time that I yeah, right, right. incorporate. You know, yeah, yeah. No, that's um, because it's the attachment to that that the Easterners say causes and, suffering. And you want it, so- it's the attachment to the that this physical plane instead of just the love that we share for each other. You know, which is, I think, what you experienced in that other plane, and that's well, what that's for. So, and that was the thing is the 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 other entities that I felt with, but also a part of. So I saw them as individuals, but also as a part of like the collective because we were all doing the same thing. They didn't appear as like aliens, even though they had like relative form to them. They really came more across as an actual centralized component of energy or light like literal spirit as if it was just a large orb in a sense well i mean i've heard before too that that um and i always wonder what it's going to be like when i have an experience like that but i've heard before too that that you you tend to you you see these other spirits the way you're comfortable with seeing them so if there's certain things you're drawn to like like if if I have a vision dream and it's Thoth that I come in contact with, I thought it was Thoth. I'm not sure. Tomato, Thoth, tomato. Thoth. Uh, it's <laughs> Thoth that I come in contact with. Are you a knock? <laughs> that that's that's basically because that's kind of imprinted on me is right. what I would expect to see. You know, some some people might see a pixie. Some people might see an angel. Some people might see. You know, a unicorn, whatever it means for you, right? That that it's particular to, but it's not to say that you know it can't take on any shape. That's not really what's important. And you were even saying the same thing that it was more like the connection that we had. Yeah, because I mean, honestly, so all right, the entities as the orb or energy of light, there was still the underlying alignment of of chakras in a sense. So that I could witness the almost like input output of the energy of them so that you have like the third eye as well as your root. And so that you would have, 
the input output where we're used to having that is like ears, nose, mouth. Right. Stuff There's like that. no need to touch something when you're already a part of it. Yeah. So yeah. there was there was there was almost <laughs> you don't need hands and feet. For it that. was almost like a, a it it was a part of a circuit where the chakras were more or less like you know resistors or diodes or components of. Things machine. that would, yeah, take the energy <laughs> and is, yeah. yeah, take the energy and you know insert it here, there, wherever. So that's how you would interpret, you know, or ingest information as well as output it. I think of the chakras as like buttons that hold our physical body to the the energetic plane, basically. Well, yeah, because I mean, we're like say, buttons that hold us into reality. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're just resonating molecules. Because if the buttons all break off, you're gone. That's it. Yeah, the buttons no, are I gone. Get that. You just float away. You float by. I'm not dying. I'm just giving up this body. Yeah. Well, dude, I just saw a movie that, that where they kind of touched on that, where there was one race of beings that were so enlightened to the point that they were just like, "All right, cool. I'm. I know my physical form is about to be gone. I'm out of here." And they just allow their spiritual or soul, in a sense, to just poof, go off into everything. Well, this is this is common among among gurus in India. That, that, that they're known to say, you know, on their deathbed, it's, you know, they have such a connection to their physical spirit that they, they know when it's time. And they, they say, my body's in the process of shutting down. I'm going to drop- Do like Master Ugwe? I'm going to drop this body, but I'm not dying. He just turned into like a bunch of like petals or something and just floated off into nothing. Because we're, we're creatures of pure light, pure energy. We can never die. Pure energy. And whether you're- and, whether you're Christian, Muslim, agnostic, agnostic, it doesn't matter. Hinduist. We're all built of the same stuff and it's not physicality. It's not carbon-based life. That's just this outer It's it's just a vessel. Yeah, I'm driving a Chrysler. You know what I mean? Well, you're giving yourself a lot of credit there. I mean, hey, Chrysler made some really good stuff, bro. (laughs) Don't even, okay? They may leave some balance back in the day. You're giving yourself a lot of credit. I'm just saying, it's still, it's just a freaking... It's what do I can be a pizzo? I don't give a crap. The simple fact is, is this is just a physical vehicle that I'm driving. Right. I mean, I may not be doing a great job of it. I'm not sure yet, but I am driving. I am driving. Well, I what's am, what's the market for doing a good job? I mean, that's the thing. Like life doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have a manual, a user's manual. Well, because all right, so let's 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 play, you know, devil's advocate in the sense that all right, maybe we do get to choose reincarnation wise as we come back as and all that kind of stuff. Maybe this is a literal training program. You know what I mean? Like this is we we just keep stacking on more and more adversities we go through life because we're trying to you know life after life after life literally learn better, be smarter on the other side. Because I mean, while we may know everything. The human experience seems to be very isolated in the fact that it's it's not too many things seem to have this struggle, you know, dichotomy wise of being aware and like, you know, trying to do this, that, whatever. But then at the same time, it's like, all right, that's too much. Or, you know, you have this super good or super bad, the whole, you know, id ego, super ego kind of a thing where you're either being trying to really good or being trying, you know, trying to be really bad or find the balance in between. So, I mean, maybe it's. You know that, like maybe the human experience is like the ultimate video game. So all this, all this on a idea, cosmic level. You know what I mean? Like all this idea of being this super race that was created by mixing the genes between. You were not a super race. <laughs> by mixing the genes of, of some, I mean, we're super. Some ancient ape 
with uh, right. They took a monkey and made them hair like less hairy. And mixed it with their own DNA kind of thing. Like we're actually demigods. Yeah, well, that, or, I think that was the Anunnaki story. It was like, yeah, they took like their, is that where that came from? The whole Herculean story or whatever. But that that we're some kind of demigod, and that we don't even know the kind of power that we have, and blah blah blah. But we're still focused on this physical vibration. You know, See, even I, after all these years, but every time we get closer and closer and closer, like this is, this is what I say. Like, I don't think humanity moved in a straight line from, from, you know, ape man, yeah, the typical, you know, all the way up to, you know, whatever you call it, you know, the modern age circuitry and homo erectus. No, but I'm saying technology wise, oh, like, we're we still talking about humans. Like, you know, I don't think it's a straight line. I think I think we've exponential. I think we've peaked at points where we reached, and like we were saying before, many times is that when as a, as a as humanity we we peak at a point of of um like a spiritual high point. You know that we have advancements in technology. We're we're better at connecting with this other worldly intelligence. And I'm not saying alien intelligence. I'm just talking about the what, other entity. Or, well, no, that 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 oh, information. Like literal, yeah, like the Akashic Records kind of thing, like, like the literal flow of. Okay, okay. That 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 non-corporeal plane that is basically just pure information. All right, let me ask you this then. Um, so I feel, and so my question you to you would be, the idea of if we were to go off this. Anunnaki, so this other non-terrestrial form from this planet that's you know non-terrestrial. They they just weren't of this planet to begin Again, with. When there were a creation between their DNA. And so yeah, if you if you ape. if you have them and they come here, so they are say a spiritual being in a sense. So they're very much more this energy that is able to take a physical form, or maybe it's not, and so they they can they are able to find a way to interject their DNA in a sense, or, you know, their construct into a earth form. To me, it brings about the dichotomy of being of the heavens. So, you know, trying to be, you know, godly as they would say, or, you know, that higher transcendence, very spiritual, yet at the same time, embracing the fact that you are grounded or of this earth. So to me, the whole Anunnaki story kind of lends its hand to what might be the dichotomy of humanity in and of itself, where you're trying to be this spiritual, enlightened, you know, transcendent being, but you're physically locked to this planet. You know, it was uh, was a Final Fantasy, the movie, the animated movie, where all of those. I never got the sense from 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 looking into the stories behind the Anunnaki that it, they were all that enlightened. Because they still warred with each other, I believe. Well, so not still- even so not even the in sense of like enlightened, but more more knowledgeable, more experienced, more aware of, so all, able to resonate on a higher dimensional plane than what our physical forms are allowed to do because we're of this construct. That's so I'm like. It seems to like to me, it lends its hand to the idea of being a hybrid I mean, in that sense. This suggestion kind of goes along with the idea that maybe. The ancient carvings and Mesopotamian structures and stuff that depict these beings, you know, uh, holding the the um, 
the pine cone shaped, you know, and the, the purse and the hand and all that. Right, right. With these wings that, that maybe that is what's been passed down through all these years as, as you know, depictions of, of seeing angels or seeing gods or demigods or, you know, it, it, it really makes you wonder. Yeah, but some of the old ancient Greek and Roman stories, if they weren't true. Right. And they were depictions of these otherworldly creatures that, and, and not only that, but the abominations of, of, of trying the first couple of times to mix yeah, these right. genes together. And what happens? You get a three headed dog or you get Medusa or you get, you know what I mean? Like just giant Cyclops or, or Godzilla or, you know, King Kong. Godzilla. Or, yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah. Right. Or the Kraken. You know what I mean? Who knows? Yeah. And are, are these not all just, just, um, just uh, like a, a rehash of the same idea? You know, if that maybe this isn't coming from some, some deep seated knowledge within humanity that something like this actually did occur. And that's why we love watching it in film. Well, so all right, we love so, to recreate. So from a psychological standpoint, we very much being creatures of habits, um, as we are defined as what we are from our, you know, our parents or our, you know, those who raise us, our parental units, whatever you want to call them, our elders and stuff, what they teach us, we kind of perpetuate that cycle because they taught us what they knew. And so, you know, in that psychological aspect, it's very much like is, is, you know, especially in like abnormal stuff where you find these weird outliers as they would call them, like these super extremes where it's just like, okay, there's very much a, you know, nature nurture component where it's because of the environment that they are this way. So me with that idea of us as a, that there was like a genetically, they, well, so no, no, no. So, so on an evolutionary level, as you go generation to generation, you get this hand-me-down knowledge in a sense, right? So to me, the idea of how movie wise, story wise, like all the things that we really promote and put out there, is very much about like these God stories, you know, being superheroes in a sense, as well as the fact that we perpetuate these wars, we perpetuate the cycle of enslavement. Cause even though we don't have like slaves and I'm doing like air quotes now, it's like, we don't have slavery today. We still have things that are well, free there is, labor. There is still so, slavery in the world. Correct. Yeah. So I think that there seems to be this continuous or perpetuated cycle because maybe the stories that we're hearing of these were the creatures that came and did all, like maybe that's why we're still doing all this again because that's somehow ingrained in their DNA, which they put into us. So we're just perpetuating their system or cycle. Well, and it, it was the, the end of these ages or these yugas or whatever it was where there was a, a like a, Humanity kind of like hit a dead spot, whether it was a flood or whatever it was. Yeah, cataclysmic events. A cataclysmic event that basically brought you back to square one again. How many times has this happened throughout human's history? And how many times have we come back and it, to all appearances faster somehow? Right. Like there's no explanation for, you know, how all of a sudden then then we're learning with leaps and bounds. Like we suddenly catch up to something that should have taken us, you know, you would keep several these, million years to figure out, you, you know, keep making exponential jumps in a sense. Yeah. Um, right. You know, like the, the jump in humanity, I think I spoke about before where 
when you draw the line between our ancient, whether you want to say ape or chimpanzee or whatever cousins, you know, where there was a point where I think, was it going into Cro-Magnon or right before Homo sapien, you know, that there was this, I think Homo erectus, Homo erectus, where there was this this huge jump in the, in the size of the brain pan, like all of a sudden within like, I I don't know, they said like a 10,000 year period, which is like a blink of an eye. On a scale of evolution. Well, but that's under the Darwin, you know, idea of evolution because he says, and I mean, it's basically his hypothesized theory because he showed over so many different generations of what he could show, you know, evolution-wise of different species, is that it takes millions of years for these things to happen. Insects, animals, everything. But I don't think Darwin took into account the some of the concepts that we'd learned since then, like like the fact that you know certain species of monkeys can be in separate continents, but when one group learns how to do something, that knowledge somehow gets passed. It gets transmitted to the rest. And how does that happen? Like there's no, that's where, like, how do you equate for the quantum? You know what I mean? Because that's really what's happening. That's a quantum connection. That's an entanglement issue. Yeah. I mean, you talk about as a species, this, this, this species of monkey has figured this out. You know, they've made a rudimentary tool to solve a problem and they've figured it out. And then they figure out, you know, by studying this, that another group of monkeys of the same species from another continent, then after that took less time to get to that conclusion and so on and so forth. So it's, it's like they were learning from a connection to each other within the Akashic records, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, and there was, that's really trippy. I was watching a Joe Rogan episode from, God, I want to say probably in the past six months or something, where they were talking about that, where once one individual, even if it's just a thought, putting that that energy or vibe or that, that component out there, that it's now a part of like the Akashic Records. And I think he even said that. We're, we're like, you had that, huh? Like you just figured something out and then it disappears. Because like, well, it disappears and it goes to somebody else and they actually physically solve it. That's what happens. Well, it was like our dude Evan was saying, it was just like, there's no original idea. So once one thing has it, it just kind of, you know, bing, 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 you know, pops well, there off like satellites in a sense. And I thought that was what was really interesting about the fact that Tesla was basically trying to, he said he was trying to recreate when he created the tower, it was using the same technology it was under the principles or understanding of what he had derived at mathematically from, what yeah. he had derived from viewing how the, the pyramids, the pyramids are works. constructed and how they work. Well, cause that's why they, they said he did the same thing as put it on top of an aquifer. Just but like where did he do that and, though? Like he didn't do that by actually being in the pyramids. I don't think so. I don't I think yeah, he I don't, did that through the Akashic records. Yeah, I don't like, believe I think he just kind of jumped in outer space for a minute. Yeah, I don't think he'd ever been to the pyramids that I'm Probably. aware of. I don't know. That'd be some. That'd be interesting to find I mean, out. But if, the fact if Tesla to, had ever actually been to the to pyramids. hear that was my huge takeaway. To to hear that 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 was definitely his his opinion that what he was trying to recreate when he did the towers was what he believed was an energy collection device that was created thousands of years ago by not even 
while there's speculation as to whether it was even the Egyptians or whether it became the technology was even before that because yeah, they just like showed up and shit was there. Talking about Mesopotamia and yeah, Sumeria, you know, all that stuff. Sumer and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So going back to what you were asking earlier, as far as um, the energy that was being pulled, it's the geothermal energy. Is that what you're referring to earlier? In what? In how much it. Um, when you pull the energy from the earth and you store it and it's able to produce a certain amount of electricity to cover a certain area. Oh, so it's geothermal that, was one aspect of it though. Well, there so, was a lot more to so it. Geothermal that, is when you're using the temperature of the earth to operate stuff. Right. But there so was, whether that's the right, cooler heat that, or there was also just that one aspect covers point four of like the U S utilities usage. Yeah, no, I think, oh, I mean, are we talking about like with the pyramid stuff? Because I think I was talking more about how like those, the, the passageways are more or less a, like a hydro pump and it may have been done to either help produce well, energy or maybe keep right. the machine cool. Like it literally could have been a cooling agent. Who knows? It said that it used it as a, um, the, the, they use the heat that then can be turned into energy, um, through the water, so it became a generator. I mean, like the, those points became a generator. The thing I wonder too is like, what? Okay, so let's say, for example, let's say, let's say that that the pyramids at Giza were all generators that were hooked into. I mean, what was the whole purpose of that? Was it was it anything spiritual? Or was it just to keep the lights on at night? Or was it to run a machine that the pyramids actually represented as a whole that would basically, I don't know, was it was it meant to blast a signal out in a space? Was it meant to, like, I mean, or was it just a generator? Like, well, that's, well, maybe, like, maybe it was one of the power plants like and a sensor or I mean, collector. Because it's not like that. we know, it's not like we have evidence that, we don't know that shit, it, dude. That Egyptians had lights and light switches and, you know. What are you talking about? There's obviously bulbs with snakes that are filaments. They had motor cars and light bulbs and radios. And they and had boats. And actually, they did have boats. No, well, they started boats. proving that now. Yeah, yeah boats, they, boats, boats, boats. Yeah, they did they started boats, proving boats. that there was not even just boats, but like sea-worthy vessels that were like, well, you, still, could, you still, could do some shit and like still impressive, but cargo not like, and still impressive but not like okay. you know a navy they weren't, they weren't building nuclear weapons or how do you know i don't mm. so it says that they the pyramids of giza were built for religious purposes um that's vague that's <laughs> You will have a good day today. Oh, thank you, Horoscope. That was great. <laughs> so, but when the eternal life, like they use that as like their thought of like the energy source, but it says um, where it was located, it was full of underground water channels, which were high volume flows of water that passed through, mm -hmm. producing the electrical current of physioelectricity. Piezoelectric so, energy, yeah. Because well, there's something yeah, about so the water and depths and it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it makes it more conductive as well. So I think the water was actually some sort of a like a conductive matter, not mm -hmm. even just like storage capacity. Yeah, wise. that's what we were saying, that, that uh, the water itself served multi 
purposes. Kind of like she was saying as like a battery and all that. And yeah, I think so. So I, I think we're all agreeing to the same thing. That maybe it was used as a, as as a physical pump of some sort. Generator. Well, not even like generator, but also storage. I mean, like I feel like this would have been multifaceted, almost as if it, you know, produced, you know, harnessed, amplified, like everything. Well, and there was definite. There had to be some kind of involvement with some kind of, um, you know, galactic connection, some kind of, some kind of uh, star and moon alignment, because there was definite. Mm-hmm. There was. Um, between some of the the angles that are coming in and out of these different shafts throughout the the pyramid structures themselves, seem to well, the line, moon controls the tide and therefore like water levels. They so seem to line up sense. with solstices and stuff. Yeah, yeah we were yeah. talking about before that. Yeah, I like what she said. Is it possible that that wasn't just like an internal switch that when the moon is at a certain spot in the sky and it shines through this shaft, it heats up a certain element at the bottom and creates a a whole new chain reaction that. You know, it's something that yeah, they I think need. that's exactly what's happening because it says that the channels yeah. go down and because through the electromagnetic energy and it creates a resonance with mm-hmm. the heat that then... Um, because of the shape of the shaft and it's all water. very mathematically specific. It's extremely specific. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. It's wild shit. Well, so I think the I've biggest, always been fascinated with the... The uh, biggest thing of all of that is the fact that our our data suggests that our intelligence and literal tool usage does not correlate with the relative level of intelligence of you know output so like the stuff that we have time wise with things that we had to make it none of the shit adds yeah, up yeah like how did you get these you know perfect perfect blocks not that they're all you, well, yeah, uh, uniform because no. they weren't. Well, no, how do you? But take, how do you get them to fit so closely? No, how do you using take, only? Like, how do you take spear chucking, arrow throwing, indigenous hunter gatherers, and that's make the claim. these massive galactic involved structures that are beyond well, precise? And not even that, you're because you're you're going beyond the the. Yeah, we can't make today. You're going be right. You're going beyond the age of the Egyptians. You're going back beyond that. Oh, you're talking Incan, Sumerians. I mean, I mean, all of it. You're, that was the one argument. Was that you, we've been told all this time that that this era would have been would have been like you know cavemen, like we think of Unga Bunga, you yeah, Cro Magnon, not even Homo erectus, but like literally Cro Magnon. We're like, yeah, they're ooh, not ooh, 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 they're not yeah. forming words. They're hardly touching phonics yet. Yeah, they're, they're semi hairless gorillas. They're playing with two or three of the phonic notes. That's it. All right. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. There's no economics. There's no structure. There's no law. There's no. Man, you're just, yet, you're surviving still. But yet the reality is, when you go back that far, it's when did this actually happen? Because this is, and maybe this is the missing link that we've never been able to discover. Because there's there's always been this claim that ancient cavemen during this era right. were this way. But like we keep going back further and further, and there's there's clearly technology not the same as we know it today but there's an understanding of the earth and the tides and the stars and the alignments and, uh, and not even like whether there's a spiritual connection or not maybe that is the spiritual connection the realization right? that you are a part of everything else 
Well, that's why I said the whole of the heavens and of the earth. That's why I'm like, you know what I mean? It kind of, it really does help to. I mean, who's to say knowing all this science and all this, this fringe science isn't, this isn't your religion. This isn't, it's all, it's all connected, man. It's all in your head. <laughs> you know, they didn't have the ability to create um, microchips but it's not to say they didn't have technology. Well, but that, I mean, that went back to that conversation we were having before where those those ground structures look like massive components that we would see today on our, you know, our... If you were to zoom into a circuit board, yeah, they some would of be these the patterns, different different yeah. components that would be these these Maybe some of these or, things, maybe your friends or relatives might have them. <laughs> you could see. Hey, <laughs> so think about this for a second. <laughs> really random but with cavemen so cavemen existed and they disappeared somewhere in between the years 2000 and 10,000 BC now what are we talking um, about cavemen? Now? like what's the scientific name we're using here well, I mean, you know, we, is it Homo erectus? Oh, are we at that time? <laughs> this is what always happened. I know. I was gonna be like, make it quick, and then you started getting into it. I was because I was just gonna oh, be like, no, just let sorry. it do a thing. It's all good. And then you started. I was like, oh man, yeah, it's over. Okay, well, I'll end on a quick note. So, cavemen disappeared around three thousand three hundred BC. The flood supposedly happened between two thousand and ten thousand uh, BC. So, my thought was, I wonder if like all of cavemen was eradicated in this flood. And that's when you were talking about the mind being expanded and stuff, that's where I went. Yeah. Like, the only problem the is too much, too much evidence for pre-Diluvian civilizations, but we'll have to pick that up next time we get together. Cause yeah, I know. Cause I'll just be like, all right, so me and all honest, <laughs> oh, damn it. We don't have enough time for that. We really don't. Um, at least not on this episode. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, but that's a good, that's a good place to start next time if we want. Well, to. And I think because that's so she's touching on what seems to have been the narrative we were fed as kids, right. yeah. but the evidence now no longer suggests. And it's like, holy crap. Like, what are we, but well, yeah, yeah. As, as usual. And the deeper you dig, the further it goes. Well, you know, that's the problem with a rabbit hole. It's uh, right. we love you. <laughs> it's been real. This this is I'm telling you. Right. You tell him we gotta close up and he's just like, all right, see you guys later. They're bro. gonna turn the lights out in a minute. We gotta go. You know. Yeah, but yeah, no, this is uh this is I'm telling you. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can hit us up at ity at directionmusic.org. That's for any three of us. So yeah, Miss JD, Gemini, myself. Or, you know, individually at yeah, Philly G D at Directions and Music P H I L L Y D or G E M I N I at Directions at Music Gemini. <laughs> yeah. And um yeah, no, we um No, I'm glad you glad you guys tuned in. It's been a great episode, as always. Yeah. You know, but uh yeah, we uh we appreciate you. We thank you for coming out. Uh and as always as we tell you, yeah, be good to yourself, be good to everyone else. Much love. Peace. Peace. Peace.